Welcome to your opinions segment for the week. I am Thomas. And I'm Jim. So let's just jump right into it since we were already talking about it. We're just going to rip Governor Whitmer apart for a little while. So Governor Whitmer um, meeting with Captain America. Jim, how about you start us off on this one? Um, oh, I caught him off guard. I, I don't know what to say about it. Um, does this woman work? Like, what exactly is she spending her time? She's making commercials, driving around the city, and, you know, and, and then she's meeting with Captain America. I don't, I, I'm not really sure. What was it? This isn't, I mean, it's kind of tangibly related, but, like, what did, what did you say he's doing in town? Like, why is he, he's not uh, from here, is he? Like, no, they actually, they met in um, D.C. Oh, oh yep. she was, oh, yeah, like there's some governor's conference or something going on in D.C. Yes, Yes, oh, that's that's, that's what she was at during the National Governors okay. Governors Association Winter Conference. Okay, that because it was a little. I thought I thought she was just meeting with him, like he was in town filming or something. But um, still, I don't know what uh, the style over substance has bothered me for a long time. Not just with her in politics in general. Yeah, you know, like meeting celebrities, getting your picture taken, like driving around in vehicles and you know and these photo ops and things and without actually doing anything mm. you know like we talked about last week start filling some potholes maybe have captain america go out there and fill some potholes with her yeah do chris, something chris you know, do something productive do something. but instead they just get their photo taken and and that becomes the headline look she met captain america oh that's sweet okay that's yeah you know i'm mean, like what was the point of it what i don't get it i don't get it but so I guess they they were talking about a project he's creating um, called a starting point. That was the, the podcast thing I was mentioning. Oh, yeah. What was the podcast? Uh, so the claim is that it aims to be more respectful discourse while examining both sides of important issues. But uh, also Chris Evans looks like he's a radical leftist campaigning for Hillary Clinton. He's been a part of the resistance movement. Um, mm. So, yeah, he's been wanting to get rid of a our duly elected president since he was voted into office by, you know, the will of the people. Uh, So, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can respectfully look at both sides of the issues. I don't know. We'll see if it turns out that he's just a crybaby looking for attention, but yeah, we'll see in time. Although, I mean, it doesn't take much to get your picture taken, but he was getting his picture taken with Senator Ted Cruz. Really? Texas. So I noticed that that's why I was curious as to what he was doing because I saw him with Whitmer and then later I saw him, with a senator from Texas, I'm like, why? What? What is he doing? What? Why? You know, I was I was just curious as to why he was getting his picture taken. So, I mean, it's just a photo. So it doesn't mean necessarily that he's not. Doesn't mean that he's not going to be partisan. Yeah. But I that was a little encouraging. He got a picture taken with a Democrat and then with a Republican. So, but yeah, I I don't know what. I actually didn't even know that there was. A, I heard something about a governor's conference. So that's kind of interesting. We'll have to I'll have to look into that a little bit and see what what they even do i'm not even sure what goes on with the governor's conference i hear about it every year the president meets with governors and i, I don't know what what the purpose of it is like yeah. i don't know if it's just to talk about issues and I, i'm really not sure what the point of getting together with all the governors is yeah i'm not sure what the what that's all about that's that'll be something to look into because i'm sure yeah. uh you know if we don't know much about it probably 
most of our listeners don't know a ton about it mm-hmm. either. So maybe that's something we can look into in the future. And I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard to find. I'm sure she'll she'll probably have an interview with somebody. She'll yeah. talk about. Oh, I told the president this either to make it sound like she's you know being firm. Like I told him you better fund you know this, or I told him you're not touching Michigan or whatever. Or you know she'll either use yeah. it to to make it point that to show all of. The Democrats, look, I stood up to Donald Trump. You know, I stood right up, put Speaking my finger in his truth face. To and power. I, yeah. Or she'll try to tout what was accomplished. Like, oh, well, he said he was going to give money for this. And oh, I want to work with them to protect our roads or whatever it is, you know. Or, so I'm sure she'll, she'll have something to say, either um, positive or negative. I mean, you know, positive that she's going to do for the state. Her and Trump worked out something or something negative to say, like, I stood up to him, you know. Yeah. You just you Democrats, you don't like Trump. I stood up to him. You exactly. Know? I was right in his face, and I told him <laughs> what I, you know, even though she probably didn't. Um, it very rarely happens. Yeah, yeah. Usually they they'll, they'll timidly have a conversation, yeah. and oh, I did all, and you know, can't say that for sure, but yeah. Know, but uh, usually you that's do, what's going on in you, my mind. You do get intimidated. Oh yeah. Um, with the majesty of the office and. You know, you're there in the White House, and you get to meet the president. I mean, even if you don't like the president, you tend to be – it just kind of humbles you a little bit. Like, I'm in the White House, and I'm talking to the president of the United States. And, yeah. you know, you're just not usually like, you're a dumb idiot, and I can't stand you, and I hate – you know, usually you're just like, Mr. President, respectfully, I'd like to disagree. You know, you just – that's the most you usually do is you just end up being very calm, you know. And yeah. But and then, it's afterward when they're not right, in the Right, then they go they back and, and talk you know, to everyone else and like, I made clear that he's not going to mess with our state and, you know, and all that. It usually doesn't happen that uh, way. I mean, it's very, very rare. You'd have to have a lot of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, hubris or audacity or something Yeah. to just be rude like that. Oh, yeah. You know, especially when you're invited. You're an invited guest, you know. He doesn't have to invite the governors over. You know, yeah. There's nothing in the Constitution that says he annually has to have all the governors of the states over and talk to them. I mean, you know, he's doing it out of respect. You know, he invites them. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to be like, well, I was invited to his house. I mean, I mean, I don't know it's the people's house, but, <laughs> but, you know, but they, but they take it like that, you know, like, well, he invited yeah. me over to his home. I'm not going to start yelling at him right here, <laughs> you know, in his home, but so it's, anyway. it's good that we have the, at least that much, you know, common decency still. Yeah. Now, maybe if there was a camera, they might, you know, like if someone was filming it, yeah, they might grandstand for the camera, but if it's behind closed doors, typically they are pretty nice. And oh yeah, respectful. So yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. I I don't know. I'm I'll keep an eye out for that podcast though. It might be interesting. Yeah, might yeah. be. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. It's, it's how hard it to is. say, but if if it is just partisan, forget it. I'm not even gonna because if it's gonna be partisan, you know which way it'll be partisan. It's oh, not yeah. gonna be pro Republican partisan. No, it's gonna be which I don't know. I already have concerns based on what you already told me. I mean, lead, being a leader of the resistance and things, I mean, I just can't imagine he's going to have this like, well, let's look at both sides about Donald Trump. It just seems like he's already decided. Yeah, he's made up his mind. This guy is no good. And I, I just can't imagine he's going to be like, you know, I really admire Donald Trump and what he's doing here. I think this is a great, great idea he's got here. And he's, you know, he's doing some really great things. I mean, I just, I just can't see that happening. <laughs> Yeah, I think even even if it is you know super partisan, it can mm-hmm. be good because like he's got a huge platform. Um, if 
if sure. he even gives Republicans the time of day to speak, which you know CNN doesn't, uh, NPR very rarely does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you know there's a lot of news outlets that they're just like yeah we're not gonna let Republicans speak at all. So I mean even if he like allows them to speak, it'll be better than. That's true. You know a lot yeah. of what's going on. So we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have, have to see which to, way. Yeah, it goes. I'd like to keep an eye out for that, but yeah, I just don't know why on earth they would waste newspaper space or bandwidth or whatever yeah covering it it was not really governor meets with captain america really isn't (laughs) that newsworthy i don't (laughs) you know it just seems like a pr thing you know yeah her people ran out there and they gave it gave uh oh what's who's chris evans is that his name uh no julie hens oh oh, uh, the the author gave gave her a chance to gush about her governor a little bit so i guess you know whatever yeah Where should we go from there? Um, United Auto Workers. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to that. Yeah. So. That is kind of a weird um, defense that he has about the economic hardships. I mean, first of all, that isn't much of a defense anyway. You know, like, I don't know of anybody who robs a bank and they get away with it. Well, the times are tough. Like, oh, okay. Well, all right. We'll overlook it then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, even back in the days of the Depression, you still got arrested if you were stealing apples and things from stores like well you know we have to eat they still just i mean they might not have got as harsh of a sentence but they still it wasn't just like oh well i mean i guess so if you have to eat you can steal (laughs) you know so i don't know why he would even use that argument but then i remember that you said something about cosmetic surgery for his for a family member like uh, what part of economic hardship like oh my family's really struggling we need plastic surgery (laughs) You know, I mean, like, I'm not really sure what kind of a defense this is in buying a house and a car. I mean, like, maybe he, again, it's not much of a defense, but, you know, if you use that money for something like you're about to lose your house and you paid off your (laughs) mortgage or something, I mean, you might, it would still be dumb, but you might be able to make the case, look, we were about to lose our home. I was desperate. I didn't know what else to do. I thought I could pay it back, whatever, but cosmetic surgery, buying houses in Florida, brand new cars, like, I'm not exactly, uh, that just does not, that doesn't wash. Yeah. It's just complete fraud, and it's so cliched, I just don't understand. (laughs) It really is. I mean, you hear Uh, about this all the time about union union leaders, not members, but union leaders being corrupt and, and things, and something like this happens it's like ah it's just it's just pathetic what do you think about the sentence though two years in prison do you think that's adequate no i was thinking the same thing i thought that's actually really a small sentence considering what he did here i mean he does have to pay 1.5 million dollars i guess and so but but i mean if we keep on letting people off i mean I don't know. I guess it depends on what the the information is that he's that's leading to these other thirteen people. Well, um, you have a point there. I didn't think about that. If he's agreed to testify against some of them, then maybe you might give him a reduced sentence in return for that. But that was just what stuck out in my mind before knowing all the all the details. I just thought two years in prison doesn't seem like a very harsh sentence. Yeah, for someone who's fraud frauded these people defrauded these people and uh just 
I don't know. I just, I just think it, he was in a position of trust. I mean, this is in, and not only trust, like immense power, like, right. Like oh, well, yeah, the, the yeah. union is like, it's job there is mm-hmm. to help all of these workers, you know, right. keep, you know, exactly. keep their pay up and, um, and it's, and it's the, you know, the article said he was embezzling money from workers' paychecks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was and demanding kickbacks. I mean, you know, yeah. threatening people. I mean, this is like mafia style tactics. Yeah. You know, it's bad enough just to steal money, you know, off the top. Just like, well, maybe if I take a couple hundred thousand here, people won't notice or, but go around and threaten people like, Hey, I want some money. You pay up now or we're going to break some leg. I mean, I don't know what he was threatening them with, but you know, I mean, it's like, it's, these gangster tactics and just the damage it does to the unions. Cause there's already so many people who think unions are ridiculous and, you know, and shouldn't be around and they're all corrupt. And then something like this happens. It just, proves it just the point. hurts the whole, you know, labor movement. So I would think that you'd want to say, Hey, of all people, you guys need to be just above board extremely because there's already people out there who are thinking that this is the kind of, junk that happens with unions yeah you know and so you're now just proving the point and this could do real damage you know in the future people might remember this and mm-hmm. say this is why we need to get rid of unions because of this kind of nonsense and might be people who say you know what that's a good point yeah <laughs> you know and so if you were a union member i would think you should just be up in arms about this you know because this not only was horrible what he was doing but it just gives a black eye to the whole movement it just makes it makes it that much harder to make the point that unions are necessary if that's what you believe, you know. Makes it hard to make that point that, hey, we need this. Oh yeah, you need you need you know, you're obviously making so much money that you people can skim money and they can, you know, gives them this power. And I mean it just it's like when a police officer commits a crime. It's like you you don't expect them. They're the ones, you know, when they do it, it's even a hundred times worse because they have a position of power and they have and when they do something wrong, it can hurt everybody yeah hurt the reputation of everybody and so that's what i just view here is this guy really did significant damage psychological damage long-term damage to the whole union movement yeah and unions are already on the on, you know on a downward spiral because right they can't they can no longer require people to pay mm-hmm. union dues particularly um, here in michigan yeah i don't know and about they, in other states but i know in michigan we have the right to work yep is that what it's called yeah. yep and, and so, you know they can't so they can't uh they ha- their their power is definitely decreasing a lot, right? And, you know things like this. It's and just going to make it Gestapo go. Tactics just yeah, they're they're going to go downhill. Yeah. I, mean, I I think they're going to be obsolete here within the next few years. But you know what? We'll have to see. We'll yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, there's you never know. You exactly. never know. But all right, we're switching over to okay. <laughs> to the the uh, nine facts about marriage and divorce in Michigan. Is there that we one? go. That's the yes. One I was looking for. All right. All so, I remember it was the 47%, but I couldn't remember what that was. That before. is uh, 47% of households headed by married by a married couple. Oh, okay. So that that's the percentage of, of two-parent homes. Yes. Or a married couple. Just out of curiosity, you know if this is counting just uh, heterosexual couples? Or would that uh, include also like, gay couples who have adopted a child? Or Do you know if it's said in there? It did, but okay. I think the number was so low that it was inconsequential. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, there's there's something like 900 gay marriages. Really? Yeah. So, and 
I say marriage is loosely, but yeah, oh yeah, um, uh, I'm just using the vernacular. Of, yeah, uh, how the government would would and call I, it. Um, I I don't think they're. I think they. So uh, I'm not exactly sure if that would count. No, for for all intents and purposes, yeah, it's it's. it's I would say there's a small number anyway, but yeah. probably like you said, it's it's probably not enough to really change the statistic. But. Yeah. But I am curious as to why people are holding off on marriage longer. Do you think it's because of careers? Do you think like people want to wait till after they're done with college and get established? Or, or I think is it just the institution of marriage for a lot of people just doesn't seem that important, you know? I think it can be a little bit of both. Like mm-hmm. I know I know I shared shared an article uh, this week about how, you know, homemaking is seen as like a a lower form of, oh yes, uh, what's called female empowerment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the the general trend on you know even even at Grand Valley is like not a lot of people are really concerned about marriage per mm-hmm. se. You know they they can get um, they can get sex outside of marriage, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the main motivator of marriage is like. I wouldn't say the main motivator, but it's a big motivator. Particularly yeah. for um, people of faith, I mean, whether it's Christianity or, or Judaism or anything, where they believe that sex outside of marriage is immoral yeah. or wrong, then, yeah, then, yeah, you're going to have a big motivation to get married. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or else you're going to have to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I can see where, I don't know if the statistics back this up, experience shows me when, that I see a lot of Christian couples who get married relatively young. Yeah. I don't know if that trend is all over the state, but just my experience has been, you know, that, that they get married pretty young. And then outside of Christianity, it seems like they wait longer and longer to get married. Yeah. And I know a lot of that later. A lot of that is, is because of, you know, careers and colleges and like, you know, on, on Grand Valley's campus, Mm -hmm. we are, mostly I think over half of the students are women. Mm. Um, so yeah. And uh, just a lot of them going into, you know, uh, I I'm, you know, thinking about this, it would be kind of weird, you know, to have a woman on a college campus that isn't planning on going into a career. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what you doing here? Yeah. But like just that trend of like, uh, women are m- much more likely to be looking to go into the workforce than, mm-hmm maybe actively thinking about staying home and taking mm-hmm. care of children. Like I know there's, there are probably some yeah. on the campus campuses looking for. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are some women who just want to have an education. They don't necessarily want a career, you know, yeah. they're, but they just want to be informed. They want to be educated on something and, you know, or as a part time. Yeah. And it can be know. a backup. Like yeah. I know, uh, I know there have been many women that have gone to, gone to college just as a backup. Like, you mm-hmm. know, if, if a husband dies or, yeah, if you know he leaves them or mm-hmm. you know there are any number of things that could happen to where a woman's like okay i i need a job and now i have this education to back me up and mm-hmm. so that's probably a big part of it financial security it, it, it seems and, like it'd be tough if you're a woman if you're going to college or if you have a career and then have a child yeah you know what i mean like you'd, you'd have to pause you know because there's so much uh pre and postnatal care and stuff you'd you know you'd have to take so much time off of school or 
early in your career when you're just starting out. Yeah. So it would be better, or I don't know what the word would be, but it might be more advantageous to wait to get married and have kids after you're established, after you're done with school, you know, after you've got your career going, you've got some, you know, you got some years in, you yeah. know, that, then, then you might want to have a family, but in the middle of all that, like, it's very hard, you know, it's easier for a guy to go to school when his girlfriend or wife is pregnant. But for a woman, it's kind of hard to try to juggle being pregnant and having to do your studies and, you know, getting around and, you know, and the further along she gets, it seems like it'd be a lot harder. Um, yeah. So I can see why a lot of women would wait until a little bit later in life to want to start a family. Yeah. And I would think most of them think of getting married as beginning a family. I think so. You know, like, yeah. you know, you think, well, when I get married, that's like the beginning of adulthood. I mean, we're, we're starting a family now. We're, we're changing, you know, from just me being single. Yeah. You know, now it's like time to start a family, time to start thinking about buying a house and, you know, the adult things and having a career and raising kids and things like this. So, yeah, I, I can see maybe why the trend is getting a little bit longer. And then, like you said, there's going to be a certain percentage, too, that just don't have to get married. You can live together. There, there aren't if you don't have that moral reason to not like have sex before marriage, then there's not really any incentive to getting married. You know, if you can just live together, if you can have all the benefits of being married, why, yeah. why get tied down? Why? Exactly. You know, and I think that's you know, a can, lot of people's thinking. Of, you get all the good things and you don't have to worry about the bad. You, you know, like if we break up, we can just leave, you know, but if we're married, I mean, we have to go through a divorce process and we have to split everything. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot harder Yeah. where, you know, well, you know, we can just live together. I mean, or whatever, or, you know, you still get all the benefits of being a married couple. We can still hang out together, do everything together, you know, and I, I can see maybe there's a couple of different things. Like you got the education and things. And then on the other side, you have people who, Marriage doesn't have the same meaning for them because it's just, it's not as necessary today. And it's not uh, an embarrassment where it would have been, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago. You yeah, know. that cultural yeah, aspect you know, of if like two people living together. Is... I mean, the whole, everybody would just kind of be like, uh, those two, you know, and especially the woman. Yeah. You know, like, what kind of a woman, you know, that's that would be the attitude back then. Like, what kind of woman sleeps around? What kind of, you know, she's got no self respect. She's got, you know, and, People well, tended to, you know, distance themselves from her, you know. Yeah. You know. And I think that's still true to some extent, like, not that culturally it would mm -hmm. be, but that, yeah, you do have a lack of self-respect if you're, you know, if you're giving away the farm and, yeah, you know, the, you're not willing or you're not demanding that the man, you know, make a commitment to yeah. you first. Like, yeah. marriage is a lot more beneficial to women than it is for men. Like, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, we need Vidan here. Why is she? I, I was, why does she I was keep thinking, on? She keeps on ditching us. Ah! I was thinking the same thing. I thought this can be dangerous. We can get into an area <laughs> where we yeah. really need a, a woman's yeah. perspective here. But you know, we we've we've been we've made it through the past couple weeks without them. So, yeah. or with with their opinions. So this is nothing new to any of our listeners. But yeah, women, stop! Don't, don't give away the whole farm. Make the man make a commitment. Like. You have every right yeah. to get a commitment before you start giving up the goods. So, yes. Um, yeah, that we could do a whole podcast just on this. There's a oh, lot we of, could. A, I have a lot of feelings about 
about that sort of thing, but it, it's not really, I guess, directly related to what we're talking about here, but yeah, we could get off on that. But oh, yeah, we, we definitely could. Maybe one day we will do a special about <laughs> relationships or something. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping a lot more content is going to be able to be done in the summer when I'm not in school and all that stuff. I, I wonder, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah, so, you know. No guarantees, trips, but. Trips to Lansing and, you know, interviews with, yes, yes, it would. How about the poet laureate? Ah, yes. This? Yes. Let's discuss that Does one for a little while. Michigan need a poet laureate. So f- from my understanding, it's just a dude that would be going around to schools. Or a dudette. Or a dudette. Yeah. Walk, going around. Ooh. 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 What? We've only given two options. There are 9,985 oh. options. So You are right about that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, it, so. It, yeah. It could be any any one of those nine mm-hmm. billion trillion options, but probably either a man or a woman. So it would, it would, they would just be going around to schools, what reading poetry or promoting um, poetry it, to kids. This article said to promote poetry, the spoken word, and literary arts in a generation of young students. I would think that they would be reading poetry to students. Um, I'm just imagining here that they would, maybe with little kids, they would read poetry, like maybe Dr. Seuss, things that are poetic. Um, maybe with older kids, they might, you know, they might just talk about the structures of poems and famous poets and things. I don't know the spoken word. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means like rap or, or what. I don't I know. think the spoken word is usually, yeah, uh, rhythm, a rhythmic yeah. poem. Oh, okay. In literary arts, I don't know. I guess that's like reading books and just writing, creative writing and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in theory, there's nothing wrong, I guess, with, with promoting poetry and stuff. I mean, but I, I don't, we certainly don't need $100,000 to pay for someone to travel around. I mean, I don't know. There are people in your area, is what I think, that, you know, if you really wanted to have a poet come in, I, I, I don't, I don't know any poets who like make a living at it. But I know a lot of people who write poetry and different things. I mean, bring one of them in. Yeah. You know why we have to hire a hire somebody as a state, and pay for their gas and travel all over the state. And yeah, I think that's a bit excessive. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I've been in school, so I don't know how much is lacking as far as creative arts in school, but. It seems like there's a lot of things we'd need, like life skills classes, I would think would be good. I don't know how many people balance checkbooks anymore, but but if you did, you know, how to how to conserve your money, how to Yeah, money management you know, class. Money management, are... I guess, would be yeah, you know, maybe maybe not the old cliche of balancing a checkbook, but learning how to manage your money, uh, you know, how to pay taxes, how to just everyday kind of skills that yeah. you might need when you how to write a resume, how to things like that. I, I would think that's probably more important than poetry. I think just just a tad. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just I kind of I don't like I don't like it. Yeah. And what really concerned me more was the big long list that came after it. Oh, and the budget or the poet laureate. Part? The the budget. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. lot of, a lot of stuff like if we're getting a poet laureate, then you know whatever I guess. But actually. Let me pull. What is the name of the article again? Uh, New Michigan budget includes 100k for poet laureates in the Detroit Free Press. 
The other thing that, I mean, just about the Poet Laureate, the other thing that concerns me is you don't usually have a lot of poets who are conservative, you know? And I just, you mentioned earlier about the different uh, genders. I I just, I just have visions of drag queens and, you know, just kind of weird, weird things, you know, that a Democrat choosing the Poet Laureate would be like, well, we need someone who's a lesbian feminist to represent, you know, we can't just have some nice conservative person it's got to be like an activist or something and that's the other thing is who's in charge of the poet laureate how would who gets to choose that yeah and and who chooses what would be the like, criteria for choosing yeah. a poet laureate and what happens if it's somebody that half of us don't like yeah you know like like we said you know if it's like some angry feminist person and we're just like i don't want my kids exposed to that well yeah. too bad you know i mean what what's what's the can you oust this poet laureate? Or can you, you know, like I, I'm just not, I'm just kind of concerned about like, that's why I said it'd be better to just pick some local people because then there's some accountability if they bring in some lunatic. Yeah. The city, you know, you can go to your, you know, your school board and be like, what are you thinking? Why would you bring this person? And they could say, oh, okay, yeah, we won't do that again. But I just don't know what, what would you would do with a poet laureate chosen by the state to travel around to all the schools or whatever it is. But okay, yeah. I think uh, in the article it said they were considering Bob Seeger for it. Yeah. Um, Which, hold on now, isn't he like probably able to do this without a $100,000 stipend? I would think that'd be a step down. You know, $100,000. Like, I'm pretty sure he makes really good money. Yeah, he's not broke. Right. Um, So I agree. If it was someone like him... I don't know. I don't know. He wouldn't need the hundred thousand, but but that was that was uh, in the year two thousand, and that was a Republican who suggested him. Oh, so I yeah, so. don't know if that he. Um, I don't know if he would be considered anymore. <laughs> yeah, probably I, not. I, I just I think it would be somebody who's a lot more active, like an activist. Yeah, type than just would, a poet. That is quite the concern. But you're right about. As you go down this list, I mean, I was getting tired of reading all the numbers. Yeah. There is so much money in this budget. I just, I cannot believe. And they want to create all these new agencies and offices and, uh, I don't know. I think there was only one. I'm trying to think of what it was where they said it would, it would require no new funds. Everything else, they would have to create something that would cost money. But I can't remember offhand. Oh, uh, the Michigan National Guard spouses. Oh, where, yes. Where you would provide tuition assistance to the spouses of Michigan National Guard. It said there'd be no additional cost. I'm not exactly sure how there'd be no additional cost because wouldn't it, wouldn't it cost more money to... Unless they just already have a lot of money in the Treasury, maybe. Maybe that's what they mean. Yeah, it says it would be funded through efficiencies identified in the existing $6.5 million program. So... They're projecting that what's already being allocated to that fund would support both National mm. Guard's members and their spouses for oh, it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, right off the bat, I'm, I'm concerned about these looming lawsuits. I mean, I'm not saying that they're you know ridiculous lawsuits, but I'm concerned because of all the money that it's going to cost. I mean, I think... I think I read about that. I might have read it a couple of weeks ago, about how the Supreme Court ruled that they can, Flint residents can sue 
the state. Yeah, now. we talked about that on the so, show. So I mean, you got that coming up where that you know there's going to be a lawsuit or more for that. I wasn't aware with this insurance agency situation where a bunch of people were falsely accused of insurance fraud, and they're going to sue. And then you've got this uh, alleged sexual abuse of juveniles in Michigan prisons, which, again, I, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of lawsuits coming. Yeah. And we already uh, apparently don't have enough money to fix the roads. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure where we're going to get all this money to pay off all these lawsuits. I'm not so sure. Here's here's I think we've talked about this before mm-hmm. with the budget. Yeah. But my goodness, I'm so dang sick of getting this 500 page budget deal. And she's like, here, sign it or don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can we not have line item voting? I'm so dang sick of these garbage packages. Like, just mm-hmm. give us line items. We can vote. We can say, yes, we'll spend on that. No, we won't spend on that. Yes, we'll spend on that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I agree. I, it, that is ridiculous. You know, eventually I'm going to get a senator or a congressperson on here, and we're going to start drilling them about line item voting and mm-hmm. you know how to get that go like if we started a petition yep i'm doing it this summer petitioning line item voting i'm so tired of these garbage budget garbage budget packages i'm going to force our congress people to put their name either for or against every single item we -hmm. are going to know exactly what they're voting for and we're not they're not going to be able to say oh i voted down the package because it had this thing in it and i don't like that yeah. Well, no, no. Now you can vote on each individual thing, and you can be uh, held accountable mm-hmm. by your constituents as to what you did. Yep, that's a thing. I'm okay. We're doing that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, you know, actually, one more thing okay. uh, that we didn't mention in the news segment. So I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, WZZM13 is reporting Grand Haven School Board addresses concerns over sexually explicit books. So they're talking about censoring books available to school-aged children says the books in question were available to children as young as fifth grade and covered topics including forced rape statutory rape and oral sex oh my goodness Um, Um, i was not aware of this yeah so they are let's see i think the debate is going that you know we should remove these books from children's uh, how, how do you say? Uh, they're remove it from their sphere of influence, so oh. like they wouldn't be able to access these books at all. So um, some of these are in their school libraries. Yes, some school, of these books. Yes, the it's the Grand Haven School Board that's concerned about this um, in their libraries. Well, well, I wonder first how they got in there in the first place. Like, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, to put them there. I don't. I don't have a problem with that, really. I mean, it's not the same as like censoring a public library. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not it's not the same as like book banning or something where the government comes in. This is a school library. Yeah. And I, I just like I said, I, I don't know how they got in there in the first place. So I don't have a problem with that. OK, see, I, I well, there's there is one lady that says, OK, what, what, um, what is the opposite view? Maybe I think censorship is a slippery slope. Yeah. Children's book organizations give books age appropriateness. These are experts 
who are determining that one person's standard of what is and is not appropriate is a slippery slope to go down. So I agree with that. That is true. Um, yeah. You can't, like, make your own standard what is the standard for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of a dangerous road to go down when you start mm-hmm. censoring things, um, especially free speech, you know, things that are you can speak on freely. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's hard to it's it's really hard to justify though having a book in a at least so there there have been some other options because when I was in high school, yeah. yes, there was things that I read that probably would have been banned. Mm-hmm. Um according to this, I know uh Angela's Ashes is one of them where uh oh, yeah. it starts off if you read that um, or have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I'm trying to remember if I read it or not. I remember seeing it, the cover, yeah. but I can't remember if I actually read it or not. But. Yeah, that's uh, got some like uh, in, uh, incestual things going on in it. Um, oh, okay. It's also uh, auto, an autobiography. I want to say, yeah, yeah, it is an autobiography. Um, Ruined about their own life? Yeah. Yeah, the autobiography. Yeah, yeah. so um, there's... You know, there's also uh, a book called The Kite Runner that I know was in my high school. Um, that started off with uh, the rape of a little boy by a bunch of older men. Um, I didn't know that. I've, I've heard of that book. I didn't know. Yeah. That, and I may be wrong if I'm wrong. You know, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> please don't flame me. Yeah. Uh, th- it may have been a different book, but I'm pretty sure it was The Kite Runner. But so, hmm. I mean, these things didn't scar me for yeah. life. Um there were aspects of them that, you know, were mm-hmm. good and bad. Yeah. And I don't think you can just necessarily say ban that because. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just seems a bit extreme. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. Because I mean, there's going to be some parents who don't want their kids to have exactly. access to it. But. So. There again, I mean, just because it's in the library doesn't mean they can look at it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like if your parents tell you. Yeah, I don't want you reading this. I mean, is it the library's responsibility to be the babysitter? You know, actually, somebody said that it was in this article. They were like, one parent we spoke with after the meeting said mm. these. Okay, so Darn I'm going to preface this I with might these end up options. Changing my entire opinion. Here. <laughs> so um. Um, parents. Okay, so these school mm. board on Monday announced options that parents have if they're concerned about what their kids are reading. Okay. Parents may request their children's Destiny Quest login to monitor the content that is being checked out. So they can see what books they're checking out. Oh, okay. Parents can request a weekly email that lists materials checked out by their child. Parents may meet with the school librarians and request restrictions on specific titles or searchable genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and parents may choose not to have their child check out any books or use the school library and instead provide their own independent reading materials. Mm. So the article goes on. One parent we spoke with after the meeting said those options don't go far enough. Putting the burden on parents to give them all the titles that they can't read means that we have to go and find out every book in the library that's sexually explicit, and I don't think that's our job. I think they have librarians, and I think they should be doing that, said Jennifer Stoopy. She she is pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> the, name, the name fits. Uh, um, yes. So, yes, Miss, Miss Stoopy uh, thinks that it is not her job. To, I mean, I don't. What does she mean? Give them all the titles that they can't read. Can she not read? Uh, Miss Stoopy is not able to read. Yeah. Gosh. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. I I think okay. Now I'm 
I'm kind of changing. Now that I see some more options here, it is a slippery slope to start telling people what they deciding for them. But yeah, I, it's not really like you said, the librarian's job though. Yeah. It's really the parent's job. It is. Parents can talk to their kids and they actually have options here. It's not just, you know, like they can find out what their kids are reading and, yeah, and Miss and Miss Stoopy, if you don't like the <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the library, you can choose not to have your child check out books. Right, like, don't be so stoopy. And then, but uh, yeah, people just don't want to talk to their kids anymore. <laughs> like, sit down with your kids and tell them these are the standards. This is yeah. what I expect from you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want you reading stories about, you know, with a lot of violence or rape or things like this. You know, I don't want you reading that. Yeah. You know, and if I find out you're reading that, then you know there's going to be some consequences. Exactly. You and know, it's, it, but here she's like, nope. We can have librarians for that. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with it. Yep. Foister, I'll let my kids do whatever I want. my responsibilities yeah. off onto the school district, just like I do in every other aspect. Yeah. You know, they... With teachers and with, with teachers uh, and the police oh, or with goodness. everybody else. Yeah, everyone else has stories my kids. Yep. I'm not going to do it. Yep. Uh, so, okay. Right. I've I'm, I'm now gone a full 180. <laughs> all um, right. Yeah. I mean, it just from the headline, it sounds yeah. like, yeah, I can see. I mean, there's some stuff in there. I would want my kids to read, but yeah. then when you start thinking about it, yeah, that's because then, I mean, it wouldn't be long before they, you know, political correctness and things and, yeah. you know, yeah. like, Oh, well, sudden, we don't want our kids, you know, we're going to ban any books that don't portray black people the way we think they should be yeah. or, you know, or, women or, or don't portray God the way we think he should be or right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then now you've crippled these kids by telling them, you can only have access to certain information. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like what if a kid, so, want, I mean, you know, so I know, I know sexually I, explicit stuff. I personally wouldn't want my kids reading, but yeah. Like if there's porn in there, get yeah, rid of it. I'm but, totally okay but, with no porn in public school libraries. But if you start down that road, then you end up with them deciding, you know, we don't, yeah. anything that talks about God, no, because there's many gods and we don't want our, we don't want kids to be, Subjected to this. Exactly. You know, and so then they start deciding what's moral, what's immoral. So, okay. Yeah. yeah I've changed my opinion. All right. And that's that's why this show exists, is to, mm. to give, you know, the headline says one thing, it sounds really good, but mm. there may be something in the article that's different that, that will change your opinion. So um, here's my weekly encouragement to just read the articles. Do not be subject to the whims of a headline because oftentimes – the headline can be misleading. It can, it can, you know, at first glance, you you have a thought and you're like, eh, that sounds okay. And mm-hmm. it's easy to just move past it, but uh, it's a lot more beneficial to think about what you're reading and think about what the point of the article is. So, mm-hmm. so that's it for our opinion segment for this week. Please remember to give us a review, rate us, uh, subscribe to our show or subscribe to our iTunes. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, Please share us with friends and family, and we'll see you next week. Uh, I'm Thomas. And I'm Jim. Quick final note to our listeners. We will not be recording next week. We are going to be attending a conference, and midterms are here, and we are swamped. So we will be back in two weeks for our next episode of the Homes Politicast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you.